everybody, and welcome to Video Game the Movie, the podcast. Uh, I'm your host, Maxi, and joining me, as always, is your other host, Dan. Hey, uh, let's see, it's June. Uh, how are you holding up? It's still too fucking hot. Yeah. I hate summer so much, dude. Yeah, uh. Wait a minute, it's 70 degrees out? At 11 p.m.? Fuck. Yeah. Alright, um... On the plus side, my vaccine has fully kicked in, so I can, like, go place again. Oh, cool. Fuck yeah. Uh, let's see. Uh, yeah, my... I am in a situation where I actually got access to it pretty early on. I live in, like, a Section 8 building with, like, a lot of old people in it, so mm-hmm. I got early access. Uh, uh, let's see. Uh, what else has been going on with my life? Uh, damn, I can't think of anything other than what we're talking about. Uh, so, I guess I'll get right into it. Um, Let's start with talking about some news. Uh, E3 happened. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, that, some, yeah. The Nintendo conference was good, and yeah. that was kind of it. Mm-hmm. Dude, I, I, I got so furious at that Square Enix. Oh my god. It was just, it was nothing. None of that was anything. Yeah, I gotta ask, did you watch it through a streamer like I did? Yeah. Yeah, uh, it turns out that the best way to avoid the Digital Millennium Copyright Act, uh, is dead fucking silence. Uh, it it was so weird watching it, with just no music, even for, like, the parts that there should be music, like fucking Final Fantasy. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, let's see. I I wanted to bring up, uh, I think the, the two, what, the funniest and the worst presentations, which are, the, the funniest one was for the Intellivision Amico. This was like on the Variety Day. Uh, uh-huh. The Intellivision Amico is, I think the best way to describe it, a bootleg a bootleg plug and play console that they sell at a CVS except mm-hmm. it costs $250 uh, Now is Soldier Boy involved? No, but Tommy Tallarico is Okay. Uh uh there is it it also they also had like a contest thing with a uh, Oh, right, because it's an Intellivision, it had a dial on the controller. Like, instead of, like, a control stick or a D-pad. Mm-hmm. Uh, and also, you could get a... You could win a contest to get a uh, signed print from one uh, noted right-wing Christian, Doug Tenapple. Uh, Great. Yeah. Uh... The worst one, though, like, objectively speaking, was 
the one like just after it, the Mythic Games showcase. Uh -huh. uh, Mythic Games is releasing a game called uh, Blanco something. Uh, it's like it's like a ripoff of Funko Pop, except it's all digital. Uh, and it's a game, and you... It's all powered by NFTs. Uh, Great. They, yeah, they brought out Dead Mouse to talk about it. And, like, they're talking about, oh, it's good for artists. No, it's not. It's NFTs. It's a ripoff. And a danger to the environment. Hey, you, you know what I wonder about sometimes? Mm-hmm. Do you think Dead Mouse like hates Marshmallow? Hmm. Cause Marshmallow is just the Zoomer Dead Mouse. Oh, he's gotta hate him, definitely. Uh, let's see. You can tell that. Here's the problem with our society: Zoomers mm -hmm. have a Dead Mouse, but they don't have a Daft Punk. It's fucked up. Um, we'll we'll need like some robots to like. Start playing music within a year or so. Mm-hmm. Real ones this time, not French guys. Yeah. Uh, we ha- It is a- It is a modern era. We have the technology. It must be done. Let's see. Um, I also- Because this is a video game movie podcast, I do have to discuss Gearbox very briefly. Uh- Oh, but God, we're gonna have to watch that, huh? Uh, yeah, there's gonna be a Borderlands movie. Uh, it's been in development for quite some time. Uh, to, uh, like, showcase it, we, uh, noted magician and medieval times enthusiast, uh, Randy Pitchford was, like, walking around the set, talking to, like, people who were working on the film. Uh, hang on, I need to open up my notes because I wrote down all the things worth caring about for this. Uh... Let's see. Uh, yeah, so... So for, like... Uh, uh, so we've got Eli Roth directing. Uh, Ari Arad as producer. Uh, Ari Arad is, like, known for producing, like... He did a bunch of, like, 2000 superhero movies, like Iron Man, Ghost Rider... Uh, he, uh, also did the Ghost in the Shell movie starring Scarlett Johansson. Okay. Uh, uh and he is set to work on, uh, the Uncharted movie, which is in post-production, uh, the Borderlands movie, which is filming now, and the Metal Gear Solid movie, which is in pre-production. Metal Gear Solid movie? Yeah. That's oh, didn't we get Oscar Isaac for that? Uh... I, maybe. I'll have to check. Uh, yeah. Uh, let's see. So, here are some of the uh, known cast members. Uh, Edgar Ramirez is Atlas. I assume Atlas is, like, a radio announcer or something, because that's, like, one of the companies. Uh -huh. uh, there's Kate Blanchett as Lilith. Uh, Kevin Hart as Roland. Ariana Greenblatt as Tiny Tina. Florian Monteau as Krieg, Jamie Lee Curtis as Tannis, Gina Gershon as Mad Moxie, and Jack Black as Claptrap. 
Uh, you know, genuinely, I wonder if Jack Black can redeem the character for me. Because yeah. I fucking hate... Claptrap is like the... You know how for years, teens on the internet were like made fun of for being like, Oh, oh holds up Spork. Uh, I, I got my sense of humor from Invader Zim, but I don't really get it. And mm-hmm. we've all moved past... We've all grown. We've all moved past that for the most part. Claptrap is like that, but distilled by a 30-year-old. And mm-hmm. he makes me want to die. Yeah. Uh, also, uh, I did check, and Oscar Isaac is confirmed a Solid Snake. So. Oh fuck yeah! That might I, be good. Yeah. Yeah. Uh. I. I mean, yeah. I. The whole. There was like a tweet going around like a couple months ago, and I think some Tumblr posts about it too, about how like, in theory, any role that is played by like, uh, oh, what's his name. Uh, Parks and Rec, Guardians of the Galaxy, uh, why am I blanking on his name? Uh, well, anything by that guy could be played by Jack Black and better. And I think this is going to put that to the test. Can, uh, let's see, what else? Oh, uh, I actually forgot one other bit of news. Uh, it's actually... Probably the one I should have brought up first. Uh, a f- just a few days, mere days after we uh, uploaded our very first episode on the Super Mario Brothers movie, uh, some devoted fans uploaded for free on the Internet Archive the Morton Jenkel cut of the Super Mario Brothers movie. Hell yeah! It yeah. dropped like two days after we recorded the episode too, yeah. so we really got fucked. Yeah, um, yeah, I watched it in, like, a stream, uh, it's an interesting cut, there's, like, some choices I'm against, but a lot I'm for, uh, I would say the biggest, the two biggest, like, drawbacks are, first of all, they cut off, they took out the great MS Paint intro with Dan Castellaneta narrating, a tragedy. Yeah. And they also took out uh that little like like what is the word I'm looking for? Hijinks m- music that it's like it the one that goes like da 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 Oh that, yeah. No, that's great. Why did yeah. they take that out? I don't know. Um as far as additions go, uh Let's see, a bunch of, like, extended or or more elaborated uh, scenes, like, st- some stuff, like, that would have, I understand where they cut it, but would have, like, helped the movie. So, like, uh, there's a scene where we get to see, like, a dude, during the, like, devolution scene, a guy gets turned into primordial ooze. Uh, Foreshadowing that's... that happening to Bowser. Yep. Uh, there's, uh... There's a... What am I thinking of? Um, the other thing coming to mind immediately is, like... There's a scene where, like... Oh, fuck, I'm forgetting. Oh, we get some, like, more stuff with the Scapellis. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a... There's a scene where... During the, like, victory scene, like, after they defeat Koopa, it's... We get... A, fu- a conclusion to the pizza arc where, like, 
the pizza guy from, like, before just drives by and tosses a pizza into the primordial ooze and says, there's your pizza. Uh, Great. Yeah, and honestly, the best decision, like, they, during, like, the whole victory scene, they put in, like, an orchestral version of the Mario scene, and it kind of rules. Okay, yeah. I can get behind that. Yeah. Let's see. Uh, I think that's it for news. Uh, so, uh, let's, let's talk about, uh, am I forgetting anything else? No, no. Uh, the Sonic OVA. Uh, yeah, I mean, before we start, I want to get our nomenclature straight, because mm -hmm. oh, I watched the dub. I don't know if you did as well. I did. Um, okay, so do we want to go with the American names, then? Because th this is back in the era where, like, Sega of America and Associated Media and Sega of Japan hadn't, like, gotten their shit straight. So, like, right. sometimes he's Eggman and sometimes he's Robotnik. Right. Yeah, I say we go with Robotnik, uh, and any dumb names they gave other characters. Uh, I'd... Oh, I also wanted to, like, just sort of touch on, like, OVAs as a concept, just because, like, I think it's integral to how this work, how this whole thing went down. Uh, so, in the 80s and 90s, there was this whole, like, OVA scene in, in like, Japanese animation. They were, like, direct-to-video shows, uh, that would have, like, higher budgets, uh, uh, more length, and lower censorship, uh, standards. So you get, like, very high-quality animation and... Also, very famously, lots of, uh, gore and tits. Uh, they were really big in the 80s. Like, what, among some of, like, really big stuff, uh, off the top of my head, there's, like, Legend of the Galactic Heroes. Uh, there was, uh, oh, what am I thinking? There was, like, an OVA series called, like, Cyber City 080808. It's... A weird name, but it's it's like this really cool cyberpunk anime. Uh, there was there were adaptations of like Berserk and uh, what's Alita, Battle Angel. Uh, I think like let's see, Golden Boy. Uh, it however like as big as they were, eventually like. The 90s come, and Japan's not doing so good financially in the 90s, so, like, OVAs have to, like, restrict their budgets, they make less episodes per, like, series, uh, uh, they, there's just less of them being made in general, uh, and that would have been around when this was made. So, this OVA was made in 1996, uh, there were two episodes, uh, there were going to be more, but, you know, budget didn't work out. Uh, uh, a few a few years later, uh, ADV Studios, which is perhaps the most... If you're watching an anime in the 90s and it's not like Four Kids or Funimation, it's ADV. And uh, they have a certain je ne sais quoi. Uh, they they sort of combine these two OVA parts into one for a uh, American and European release. Uh, 
uh, let's see, this, they, the, uh, release of this was actually right around the same time Sonic Adventure 1 came out. Yeah, and I wonder how much they impacted each other, because... Mm -hmm. There's this one sequence in particular when the tornado's taking off that looks like it was plucked right out of Sonic Adventure. But oh, this yeah. came out two years before uh, Sonic Adventure's release, at least in Japan. Yeah. So, kind of weird. Yeah, it's uh, sort of... Yeah, I could see them like taking inspiration from that. Uh, the OVA has definitely had an influence over the years. Oh, forgot to mention. Uh, like, the studio that worked on this was... Uh, let me make sure I have the name right. Taki. And uh, Taki is, like, very famous for, like, a bunch of stuff like Naruto and Yu Yu Hakusho. Uh, uh, and they also, like, had previously worked with Sega to uh, make the cutscenes for Sonic CD. Uh, they, uh, they had, like, animated cutscenes. Very, very cool-looking shit. Uh, and, yeah, I... I think that covers everything about, like, the history behind it. Um, as I know, like, one of the big influences for, like, uh, Tyson Hess's classic Sonic design is, like, the OVA. Oh, um, I can absolutely see that now that you mention it. Yeah, uh, Knuckles, uh, Knuckles' famous, like, hat is, uh, I believe it comes up in, like, some comics, uh, I fucking uh, there, oh, I'm just, I'm blanking on other stuff that, um, but, yeah, it's, like, very notable, very, uh, Was it, this the first appearance of Eggman Land? Um. Because I feel like in the Genesis games, he was just kind of fucking around on ships. Yeah, uh, as far as I can think of, it is, like, one of the first examples of that like in the dub they call it mobitropolis but like yeah it's eggman land i think like there are references in like instruction manuals to the idea of him like creating an eggman land mm -hmm. uh but like it but like this is like the closest thing to it being like fully formed until like you know later stuff like like probably the most famous examples would be unleashed in colors where where it's a whole stage and unleashed, and basically all of Colors takes place in an Eggman land, so to speak. Mm -hmm. Uh, let's see. There are motorcycles going by. Uh, anyways, that okay? I think I've covered everything. Um, yeah. So, uh. I guess we can get into it. Um, we begin with this sort of sequence of a blue robot fading in and out that looks like Sonic. It's Metal Sonic. Uh, and Robotnik is monologuing by saying that all he needs is, like, the life data of Sonic to complete the robot. And we get the title card. I really like the opening because mm -hmm. it's very quiet and moody. Mm -hmm. And I think something that this movie does really nicely in general is build up. It does a good job with establishing shots and slower scenes. There's mm -hmm. this love of just showing mechanical parts, like getting into action. Yeah. Um, 
I feel like they're never too long, so they don't overstay their welcome. They don't feel, like, drawn out. Mm-hmm. But I feel like they make things feel grounded and at the same time maintain that sense of fantasy. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, it's it's cool. It's It's a very beautiful movie. It's got a very wonderful soundtrack, in, including, like, the song that plays, like, right when this... Uh, this, uh, sequence begins. It's, like, it's called, like, For the Land of the Sky, and it's, uh, it, it fucking whips out, so I might just, like, pump it in here so, like, people can listen to it. I, I'm definitely gonna be using it as the opening theme this episode. Uh, so, we get South, South Island. Uh, it's a floating island. This whole world is all floating islands, as we'll find out later. Uh, and Sonic and Tails are by a little beach on this island. They're just chilling. Yeah. So- so- Sonic is just, like, chilling out on a chair. Tails is testing out a jet-powered surfboard. Mm-hmm. I, I-, I want to mention... Yeah? Sonic's, I guess, house it appears to be built out of mostly a bunch of wrecked planes and satellites and whatnot. Yeah. Which is a cool detail, and... It- there's some, like, post-apocalypse stuff in this movie, which yeah. is never really the focus, but mm-hmm. it does lend things some extra texture, which I appreciate. Yeah, yeah. It it gives this air of, like, mystery. Like, what... This world... Honestly, like... Yeah, a huge thing about this, like, world is, like, there is, like, this sort of air of mystery and vagueness to it all. Like, oh, why is it like this? Ooh, why why are there floating islands what are these what are the what are all these uh ruined structures it's it's neat was, uh, how the hell does this magma ice yeah. bridge thing work yeah I get it yeah it's really weird but i i kind of love it for that uh mm-hmm. uh honestly now that i'm thinking about it okay ko definitely take an inspiration from this uh mm-hmm. uh so yeah there they're chilling out by the beach, uh, but there's an owl, uh, flying a plane, and it's in, he's in distress. The, the plane pod thing is out of control, and Sonic and Tails have this, like, slightly drawn-out argument about whether they should help him, and it get it doesn't get, like, super intense, but they, they get into it, and it's kind of weird. Yeah. Yeah, like, they they yell at each other quite a bit. Um, uh, Tails just runs off to do it himself, because he's annoyed by Sonic, who's just trying to chill. Uh, and, like, he, like, flies over to the plane, he, like, writes it. Uh, but it's still gonna, like, fall, fly into a cliff, so... Sonic runs up, he, like, runs along, like the wall of this cliff and just like jumps and like saves them in the nick of time. It's, it's a cool bit. He's, it's like panning out really neat. Uh, uh, so I've, the, the animation style, it's, mm-hmm. it's a little limited at times, but I think it's very expressive. Yeah. They, they have a good, they do a good job in the first half, uh, really 
giving a good sense of speed to everybody's movements. Mm-hmm. And I think where, where it really shines, there's some great use of color and lighting in this. Yeah. I feel like that's where more of the attention went than, you know, having like a high frame rate or whatever. And I think it serves it well. Yeah. Uh, so this old man owl explains, well, he's having a hard time explaining it, but he says that the president needs their help. Uh, this owl is a very goofy old man. Uh, he, he's he's very funny, and we I love him very much. Mm. I, f- I feel like that started as an ironic statement, but you know what? No, I like the owl. The owl's yeah. good. He's, you know, he's got sort of a big the cat quality. Just a very weird, out-of-place dude, but in a very fun way. Yeah. Uh, so... We get this Thunderbirds-inspired launch sequence of the tornado taking off. Like the runway, the the runway comes out of the out of like the island, and the uh, trees start to like fade to like pull away so it can like go off. Uh, and they take off, and we see the capital city of this world. I I think it's like. A bunch of floating islands chained together, and the middle is this sort of, like, standard American uh, concept of what a Capitol building looks like. Uh-huh. Uh, and Sonic and Tails arrive at the president's, ha- I guess, Capitol office, and but behind the chair isn't him. It's Robotnik. Uh, he, like... He gets his, like, goon, his robot goons, which are, like, I love their design. It's, like, these, like, orby, spiky dudes. Mm-hmm. Uh, honest, it's, like, a more anime take on, like, the sort of, like, goon robots that he would have in Western cartoons at this time. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they, like, shoot at them, but, like, they dodge them, they take them out, place the Pokeball sound when they destroy them. Uh... And then we see, like, he's holding the president and the president's daughter hostage. Uh, the president is, like, this big elf dude. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, now, wh- now what about his daughter, Dan? His daughter is a cat girl. I think she's a monkey girl? Oh, yeah, maybe she is. I, I maybe kinda, She only really has the tail, so it's yeah. kind of hard to tell. I just, like, it. my brain feels in, like, it's a cat girl, because, like, She's got, like, this big bow, and it looks like cat ears, but... No, she's just got the tail, it's... She's... Also, shades of Sonic 06 here, because she's horny for Sonic. She's really horny for Sonic. Uh, She, she, like, like, in the second half of this, like, she is, like, very... I, I guess, like, anime girl that they needed to... They wanted to put in to attract attention or something? I don't know. Someone on the staff wanted this, I assume. Uh, and, uh, so she... Eh. What was else? What was it? What else? Uh, I mean, mostly mostly it's just Robotnik taunting them for a while. Yeah. And then he, he gives them a lore dump. He's basically... He, he has the president hostage, but it's only to ask Sonic and Tails for help. Uh, yeah. He explains the whole geography of the planet they're on, Planet Freedom, which 
I just want to know, that's definitely where they got the name Freedom Planet from, oh, right? Oh, absolutely. No doubt. Okay, yeah. Um, so he talks about how there's a land of sky consisting of all these floating islands, and a land of darkness below where he rules his robot empire. It's a very Final Fantasy kind of setup, especially like Final Fantasy before 7. Um, he explains that an entity called Metal Robotnik, leading an army of robots, stormed into his capital city kicked him to the curb, and sabotaged his generator. And if it's not stopped slash fixed, uh, basically it's going to end the world. Sonic, obviously, because he has a brain cell, is like, I mean, you're almost certainly lying, but everybody else points out, yeah, but if he's not, then we're all kind of fucked, so you should probably cooperate anyway. So he acquiesces to that. Uh, Robotnik gives Tails this, like, wrist-to-navigator thing and explains that it will show them the most direct path to Robotropolis. Yeah. Uh, and then after they head out, you get these cute couple scenes where uh, Robotnik and Sarah are just playing a fighting game. Yeah, I love this. like, holograms of themselves. Uh, apparently, Robotnik wins every time, and he's getting bored. He just wants to stop playing it. But Sarah's all, well, then I'll stop being your hostage, which he takes very seriously. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Robotnik is a very silly villain in this. He's got sort of like a kid logic to him. Uh, yeah, I, and I think that suits him very well, especially for something like this. It, 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 it's not that it never gets serious, but I think, by and large, it's very much a comedy sort of story. Yeah. Uh, so, they, uh, uh, eh. a giant robot, like, crashes into the Capitol building, and Robotnik and Sarah go in for, like, a drive. Uh, uh-huh. we, also, we also get to see, like, one of the little robots. There's this one really little robot who's just... Is like holding up signs all the time. They're usually taken out because it's in Japanese and ADV assumes that the children watching this can't read that. Uh, but but sometimes they get written over. Yeah, th- like this time where it says goodbye, Sarah. Uh, I'm just waiting for one that says no fun allowed this entire time. <laughs> oh, man. You know what? I, I should like commission something like that. That would be fun. Uh, so... Uh, Sonic and Tails, they're flying their plane, and they find this big pit that, just in the sky, it's the entrance to the Land of Darkness. Yeah, they go in, it's like a neat sequence, uh... It's uh, very turbulent, and mm-hmm. Sonic is, like, hanging on to one of the wings of the tornado for dear life, because they didn't put a second seat in it. Yeah, that's, that's honestly kind of his thing, he... He's very insistent on, like, like standing on the plane. This is, like, throughout all of Sonic, this is kind of his thing. Like, there's even, like, situations in, like, in stuff where, like, there is a second seat, but he stands on the wings anyway. Uh, so, uh, yeah, they, they end up at, like, this big, like, sort of massive nature. And, like, the Land of Darkness, it's got, like, this very, like, overcast, dark overcast sort of palette to it. Uh, and they, like, do this fun running sequence, which sometimes goes into, like, a profile shot, so it's like a platformer. 
Uh, he, he, the the source material is treated like weirdly literally mm-hmm. at times. Like there's just there's just clusters of spikes in the mm-hmm. in the field, and at one point they jump on a spring pad. Yeah. Later later they go through a warp zone and like call it that. Yeah. And it's kind of weird because it's not really treated like a joke, and the the closest like example of something like that that i can think of is um you remember the super mario brothers cartoons oh yeah yeah those cartoons were obsessed with just like literally giving mario or luigi a power up to solve a problem like Mm -hmm. i don't know he's invincible when he grabs a star that's kind of what this feels like it's not a bad sequence it's just kind of weird from that perspective yeah yeah that's fair Uh, and, and then it tilts into completely the opposite direction, where they're just in New York City. Yeah. But, like, after after a bomb hit or something, it's mm-hmm. overgrown with vines. But, like, there is the... They, at one point, they literally go up the Empire State Building. Mm-hmm. Like, it is... It is very clearly supposed to be New York. Yeah. Uh, and they're, like, trying to look for Robotropolis. They've got... They've got the communicator, but they can't find it. But, they get stopped... By Metal Robotnik. And Metal Robotnik is like this big robot. It's very spherical. Uh, it's it's like red. It's got this big cloak, which mm-hmm. then like unfurls into a pair of bat wings, sort of like Meta Knight style. Yeah. I love this. I, I like how the bat wings are entirely ornamental because mm-hmm. he's got like a jetpack built in. Yeah. They're just there to look cool. Mm hmm. Uh. uh w- they fight for a bit, and I really like how Metal Robotnik is kind of built up for a little bit to be a very serious and imposing threat, but then the fight immediately degenerates into slapstick yeah. in a fun way. Yeah, like, there's, uh, like, at one point, he, like, they, like, fall over a bridge and, like, pretend to make drowning noises. Yeah. Uh, uh, there's also this cool bit where, um they're running away from it and it goes into a first person perspective just going through a series of tunnels. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That might actually be my favorite piece of actual like animation in this entire thing, honestly. Yeah. Uh Yeah, this whole sequence is really cool. Uh Uh Oh, uh, let's see. Uh it starts it starts like raining and I I just always love like 90s anime rain it's it's cool it it just looks cool um and uh he like starts like blasting glue out of his ass yeah yeah the glue is a big thing he Mm -hmm. manages to get tails uh Mm -hmm. like stuck to a fence and then he attacks sonic with like a bunch of missiles there's a huge explosion which knuckles sees because i guess knuckles is here yeah knuckles like, is he, here he's just hanging out he's digging in the dirt as an echidna does he's got a sick fucking cowboy hat i love this uh, hat <laughs> the hat is so good he should wear this hat all the time yeah there was actually like this so there's this mobile game like for sonic forces or based on sonic forces and like Every so often they, like, do these events where you can get, like, fun alternate costume versions of characters. And, like, a recent one was, like, you could pick to either have, like, Rouge in, like, this, like, cool spy outfit. Or you could have Knuckles in, like, a cowboy sort of outfit with, like, the hat. And, like, everyone's picking the hat because 
It's the hat! Uh... Uh, so, Knuckles saves Tails, and he tells him to, tells him to save Sonic, uh, while he deals with yeah. Robotnik. Sonic, it turns out that only three of the missiles that Robotnik fired blew up. There was a fourth, and Sonic is riding it back into battle, slams it right into Metal Robotnik's faceplate, uh, but then he gets glued to the ground, and Metal Robotnik is, like, stomping to crack the pavement, which means some water is rushing towards him. And listen, I, I'm not trying to be cinema sins here. This is a cartoon for children. But there's a part where Tails is freed by Knuckles, and he's like, oh, I can't fly. My tails are stuck together. So the solution he comes up with is to create a makeshift bodyboard, like the one he was riding earlier, and spin his tails so he can use them as, like, an outboard motor. Yeah, it's so, like, what the fuck? I guess maybe he's, like, moving them up and down like flippers, but... It doesn't I don't know. look like that. Yeah, no, no. Uh, but yeah. They just sort of dropped that. Uh, I just... Maybe they shouldn't have introduced it. Um, uh, it's really one of those, you you did not need to create this issue for yourself, kind of right. thing. Right. Uh, ta- Actually, doesn't... I'm pretty sure Tails is seen flying... Not long after that, yeah, too, because he, yeah. he goes to try and free Sonic, uh, who is still glued to the ground. He's nearly submerged in the water. And he's definitely flying while, like, trying to tug him up. Yeah. Um, Knuckles ends up glued to the ground, but Metal Robotnik runs out of ammo. He just grabs Knuckles. And then Sonic's just free of the glue, uh, and he goes in to rescue him. Uh, Metal Robotnik ends up running away. But the, all three of them give chase. They perform this kind of combination attack where, like, Knuckles shoots Sonic up to Tails, and then Sonic jumps off of Tails and goes huh. through Metal Robotnik's chest. Huh, that's actually getting me thinking, because, like, now I'm thinking about, like, Sonic Heroes, because, like, a big thing in that game was, like, you had a meter, and when, like, you filled up the meter, you could do, like, a team attack that that uh, just, like, killed all the enemies in the area. And like, Wasn't the whole premise of Sonic Heroes 2 kind of like the opposite of this, where instead of Robotnik pretending there's oh, like yeah. a weird robot him, Metal Sonic is pretending to be the real Robotnik or something yeah, like that? Yeah, yeah, it's neat. Yeah. Uh... So, so it, what happens is it turns out that Metal Robotnik was that robot that Robotnik and Sarah were in earlier, and this part is weird because... Hang on a second. This part is weird because... When we saw them in the cockpit earlier, Sarah was very much fucking with the controls, just for fun. And... She's not, like, restrained in any way. She could have been preventing him from attacking... Sonic and his friends... At any point. So I don't know what's, like, going on there. For all we know, Nothing she good. could have been, like, helping pilot it. Uh, it's it's very strange, but he he's, like, they, they just sort of forget about this. And, like, because, like, they see as, like, it becomes fully night, the lights of uh, Robotropolis light up. It's, like, it's, like, a big, like, city. And, like, the lights are in the shape of, like, Robotnik's, like, face and mustache. Yeah, it's yeah. cool. Yeah. Also, 
There's just like a brief thing I want to touch on here. Mm -hmm. Knuckles alludes to being a treasure hunter. Yeah. What? Was this like ever a thing? I I don't... It was never a thing before, but it does like... It honestly fits in pretty well with Sonic Adventure in 1 and 2 where he's like hunting down emeralds. Uh, Yeah, it's... It's an odd detail, but, like, I guess I... Yeah. Actually, what? Why is that a thing? I guess it's just to explain why he's there. Yeah. Uh, uh, so... Yeah, they sort of, like... Oh, yeah, it should be noted, like... Knuckles can just sort of fly. Like... Yeah, like, in the games he can always glide, but he mm-hmm. can just kind of go around in this. Yeah. And I feel like that becomes especially a thing in the second half. Yeah. Mostly because he's in it more. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I do want to mention, I think this is where the first episode of the Japanese release Yeah, ended. this is exactly where um, it is. Because this is very, you know, it's about halfway through and also it, it does this fade out and it's very like, you could just put a commercial break here. If yeah, you they're like, to run it on TV. Yeah, they're like playing the the credits, the credits music as they're like flying into a Robotropolis. Uh... But then it sort of cuts into the second half of the OVA. Uh. Uh, they're, like, at this, uh. They're at. They're at this, like, big tunnel. Like. Is tunnel. Yeah, tunnel. Uh. And they, like, run through it. They have to, like, avoid robots and traps and stuff. Uh. And they find the generator. It's. It's a. It's a big, like, a. About to explode, like, cartoon furnace with Eggman's face on it. Or Robotnik, whatever. Um, uh, and we get this whole thing where, like, Sonic is, like, he has to run on a conveyor belt. And, like, Tails, like, runs after him, but Sonic's like, hey, you can fly. So Tails does that, but the switch is too heavy. Can't do it. Uh, uh, but... He manages to, like, pull it at the very last second, like, one second on the on the clock left before overload. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then he gets cyber-scanned. Yeah, he gets, like, trapped in this thing, and it's, like, zapping him. He's, like, in a force field. It's, it's scanning his body, as we find out. Uh, and then, like, the whole generator falls apart. Like, uh, and Metal Sonic is, like, floating where it was. It's, it's this very striking shot, because it, it's, like, all black, but, like, there's, like, bits of wreckage, uh. Yeah, Metal Sonic is in, in, like, this orb, which is just crackling with energy and steam. Uh, Robotnik starts gloating, and... So, so like, there's these sparkles which show up, and then they, like, turn into fire, and the fire turns into lasers, and the lasers make a portal, and then Metal Robotnik is there again, but it immediately crumbles to bits. It's kind kind of a weird sequence. I don't really know what they were going for, but it, it gets Robotnik in the room, so I guess, it, you know. Uh, Sonic goes to attack him, but Hyper Metal Sonic, like, immediately gets in between them. 
Uh, Robotnik, like, explains his whole plan to create this ultimate weapon to destroy Sonic. And Sonic, obviously, is like, I don't want anybody helping me. I want to destroy this this bastard myself. Uh, they run off and start having their fight. Tails and Knuckles give chase, but they can't catch them because they're very fast. Uh, and then, this is kind of where this whole thing loses me. I feel like the first half had, you know, a varied but, like, effective tone and consistently engaging animation and plot beats. The second half just feels like kind of a mediocre Dragon Ball Z fight, a lot of it. Um, you know, like, the other, the characters that aren't Sonic and Metal Sonic at least have some stuff to do, but I feel like a lot of it just devolves into teleporting around and punching or getting punched, and it, it, it sort of loses the forward momentum that we had earlier. Um... Anyway, the, the first fight goes on for a while. Hyper Metal Sonic beats Sonic's ass, just sends him shooting down into a forest. Uh, and then, for reasons that I've never been able to put together, like, I, I thought about it when it happened then, I thought about it later while watching the movie, thought about it after the movie, I'm thinking about it now. Hyper Metal, so Hyper Metal Sonic just, like, goes to Sonic's house, and the owl guy is basically house-sitting for him, and he's just like, you're gonna you're gonna wear the real Sonic's favorite clothes. Yeah, it's really weird. Like, they try to give an explanation. Like, ostensibly, he's like, he's like got like these mixed up thoughts in his head because like he's got like the evil stuff he he's supposed to do, but he's also got like all of Sonic's like ideas and memories. Like, they establish he, they have like a symbiotic link. Yeah, but we're, I'm gonna have some words on the symbiotic link because the way they they explain it for a while it just seems like oh, okay he uses sonic's life data so he's got like sonic's thought patterns going around in him but that's not quite what's going on we'll get to it uh we eventually cut to sonic waking up in a pile of shrubbery it's another one of those nice quiet scenes like dew drips onto his face but then it just sort of ends he's like okay i'm gonna i gotta go fight Hyper Metal Sonic again, and then he he just goes. Uh, also, this is where we start getting into phase two of Robotnik's baffling plan, which involves, I guess, just having Metal Sonic blow a bunch of shit up. Um, and there's this really weird scene. So we talked earlier about how Sonic's home is made entirely of, like, wrecked vehicles. So Knuckles and Tails get back to that island, and Knuckles says Robotnik is the only person who would do something this terrible. And it all looks exactly the same, but there's just a smoke effect. Yeah, there's nothing different. It's it's already ruined. They're the same picture. Yeah. Uh, I do also want to just, like, mention uh, Sonic's favorite clothes. I fucking love this outfit. Uh, it's very weird. It's like, it's like a purple, it's like a purple jumper with, like, yellow stripes on the arms. This, like, air, blue arrow, there's, like, a stylized M on the arrow. There's, like, a backwards baseball cap, also pink. Uh, he's got, like, he's got, like, these, uh, blue shorts and, like, uh, 
blue shoes. It's a very strange outfit. And I Sonic doesn't wear clothes. He doesn't wear clothes. There's like there... I feel like this is the one thing that a lot of people know about this OVA besides Knuckles having a cool hat in it. Yeah. Cuz it is it is a it is an absurd scene and also the outfit is fun to look at. Yeah. Uh, there's, like, a whole bunch of fan out art there of, like, what, what Sonic would look like if he actually wore this outfit. And it's, it's fun. Uh, it's a fun sub-genre of Sonic fan art. Uh, yeah, so, uh, Knuckles and Tails, like, get into contact with the president. Uh, they explain everything off-screen. Uh, and we also get, like, this aside where... With, like, uh, Robotnik and Sarah. They're, like, riding... They're, like, riding Robotnik's, like, hover car. And, uh, they're... Robotnik's, like, picked out, uh, a white dress for her. He's putting on, like, uh, blue tux. And he explains that after Metal Sonic wipes out all life on Earth, uh, we're going to get married and have lots and lots of babies. Uh... It's not it's not very feminist of him. No. I don't know why he would just betray his principles like yeah. that. We know he's a feminist. Why would he do this? Uh we do get like this shot of like Sarah imagining all of these children and like they're all tiny robotics. One of them's driving a car. Uh one of them is breastfeeding. Uh It's very strange, but I do like the tiny robotic in a car. Yeah, no, the tiny Robotnik in a car is great. Mm. Uh, so while while this is happening, Tails and Knuckles are, like, trying to figure out how to deal with the situation as best they can. Tails is re-engineering the Navigator watch so that instead of just pointing to Robotropolis, it will lead them to Metal Sonic and I guess also establish a link with him, which becomes important at some point. He goes, He sort of emphasizes that idea from earlier of, like, Sonic and Metal Sonic have the same thought processes, or I guess like a inherent connection. Either way, um, so you know, seeding that. Knuckles gives this weird techno babble to the president about how I didn't follow this at all. But the important part is there's glaciers at the North Pole, and. There's also magma, and if the magma melts the glaciers, that would be bad. Um, Sonic is already at the president's, like, war room. He's listening in, and then he just runs off to go fight Metal Sonic. Still alone. Uh, and, and Tails explains that he's going to use the re-engineered watch to, like, draw Sonic's personality to the forefront of Metal's consciousness. Which, I, I thought this meant one thing, but it seems to mean two other things, neither of which entirely make sense. We, we get another fight scene, which, again, is very Dragon Ball Z. It's just teleporting around and these lovingly detailed clouds of smoke. And this is where it's made clear that it's not just that they have the same thought patterns. Sonic and Metal Sonic have... A psychic connection. Mm -hmm. And you know how you can tell this, Dan. Yes. Uh, the famous line, uh, 
You may know everything I'm going to do, but that's not going to help you, because I know everything you're going to do! Strange, isn't it? Now, that is a very good line. Mm-hmm. I was actually thinking about the part where Metal Sonic looks up Sarah's skirt and then Real Sonic gets horny. Oh. I just assumed he was acting like that because he was getting kicked in the face. Uh, yeah. Was he? Well, I, th- I thought he was just, like, embarrassed. Oh, yeah, I guess he is embarrassed. He seems to be embarrassed. Uh, Metal Sonic is also getting kicked in the face. It's a, not great. I don't I don't like how horny it gets with Sarah in the second half. It's weird. It, uh, it feels out of place. Yeah, like... Actually, this... Uh, not, not the horny stuff, but... I am thinking there is actually a precedent for... Sonic having, like, a human love interest even before this. Oh, yeah, no, that was something like the original yeah. concept art design document stuff, Yeah, right? he had, like, a girlfriend named Madonna. Uh, there's, there's actually, like, this one, like, very obscure side comic where we get in, like, post-reboot Archie, where we get to, like, see Madonna and she's, like, interrogating Snively about stuff. She's a cop, uh... Actually, now that I think about it, I'm now thinking about how uh, Rouge and that one cop from Sonic X ran so Sonic and Elise could crawl. Uh, anyways, getting back into it. Uh, Listen, it's it's okay with it's okay with Rouge because one, it's you good. know she's nasty, and yeah. two. They're lesbians. Yeah, it's gay. And that, that automatically makes it better. Yeah. Uh, there, there is this one really good bit. This is, like, the one bit in this fight scene that I actually enjoy. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, Tails is in the tornado and interfering. So Robotnik is like, oh, I, I'll shoot him out of the sky. Yeah. So he fires two of these, like, robot missiles. One is shaped like a rabbit and the other is like a tortoise. Yeah. And and the joke is that the rabbit goes fast and strikes its target, but the tortoise is like flailing its limbs frantically trying to move even a little bit. Yeah, that that whole bit's fun. Uh so uh we get we get this whole fight scene. Uh Knuckles shows up, uh the president crashes into the ice bridge. Uh mm-hmm. it very nearly gets very apocalyptic. Uh uh Metal Sonic, like, has already, like, blown a huge hole in the magma. Uh, yeah, it's it's spewing all over the place. Yeah. Uh, hey! Oh, no, no, no. So, so, like, Knuckles does deal with the issue by, like, he basically digs a sluice to vent the magma out of the floating island. Mm-hmm. And I guess it just goes into the land of darkness, so that's their problem now. Yeah. Um... And, and that prevents it from, like, melting the critical parts of the glacier bridges mm-hmm. or whatever. Yeah, the the president's pod is about to explode. And then, for whatever reason, uh, Metal Sonic, who by now has... He's beat to shit. He's finally taken some real hits. Mm-hmm. Um, he rescues him and the owl guy. He ends up in, in the magma crater and he... Yeah. Weird scene, because he's, like, trying to crawl out. And then when Sonic offers his hand, he slaps it away. He yeah. says there's only one Sonic. 
And then he just stops trying to crawl out. He just lets the magma eat him. Yeah. And, like, I think I made it fairly clear that I like the first half of this a lot better than the second half. Mm -hmm. But, like, this scene really gets on my nerves because... So, like, the first episode we did of this podcast, we talked about the Super Mario Brothers movie. And to some extent, I was worried we went too easy on it because, you know, of the campiness and because it takes a lot of risks and maybe feels unfairly maligned because of that. But, like, mm-hmm. watching this, which is, like, theoretically a better-made product, mm-hmm. it just doesn't feel like it's trying. Right. It, like, like it's playing this as if it should be this big, tragic scene, but it just feels like, it, I don't know why it, Metal Sonic is cool now or why I care that he's dying. Right, right. Uh, it's just, it's very out of left field. Uh, uh, so, yeah, Metal Sonic has gone into the magma. He is gone. Sonic is mourning. We get, like, this scene of them all just, like, standing there, uh, and sort of, Sonic's sort of, like, taking in the fact that, uh, his robot counterpart is dead. Then Robotnik shows up, and he's like, Got you! I've got a data disk of all of Sonic's data. I can just make another. I'm going to use it to take over the world again. And then the uh, turtle flies by from before. It finally caught up, and it blows up the disk. Uh, I feel like maybe like this was something they put in later, because, like, as as I mentioned before, there were like there were plans to like make more OVA episodes, but like it's the nineties. OVA budget is like not great. They can't really afford to keep doing this, so they just sort of like find an easy out. Uh but like make it so well maybe someday we'll make it again and uh, uh we have our plot hook. Uh so uh, we get, like, this bit where, like, oh, we forgot to mention, like, during the whole, like, fight, like, there's this bit where, like, Knuckles is, like, trying to join in, but, like, they, he does, like, this whole whack-a-mole bit with Sonic where he's, like, popping out of holes and Sonic's hitting him by accident. Uh, so he, like, whack, we cut back to now, uh, so- Knuckles, like, whacks Sonic on the head is, like, well, now we're even, uh, and they sort of, like, chase each other, and, uh, we get this whole little ending sequence of them, like, all running into, like, I guess towards the camera and to the end of the movie. Uh, yeah. Uh, I think, yeah, that's, that's it. Um, we get a credit sequence. Uh, it's like a sort of montage of stuff from the OVA set to this really neat song. It's called Look Alike. Uh, actually, there was recently, like, this thing where, like, people who were... People who knew people who were, like, involved in, like, the film were able to, like, recover, like, the original recordings of these songs. And so, like, there's this HD full version of Look Alike out there. Yeah. Uh... It's a really cool song. I love it. Uh... I am definitely using it as the outro song.
Uh, so I, I guess that's it. Um, uh, how would you, how would you rank this zero to five rings? Both as like, first as like, as like an adaptation of Sonic media, and then as like, just an objective, just like as a standalone film. I think as an adaptation, I'd say like four, maybe five rings. I think it does a good job uh, keeping in everything that like was established about the universe while putting its own spin on it, adding a little bit extra, keeping things interesting. But just as a film, I feel like... I mean, these were originally two separate things that were then bundled together, so I feel like I almost have to rate them separately. Like, the first half easily... Again, four or five rings. Like, I feel like it runs at a good clip. The funny bits are funny. The action parts are not necessarily tense, but engaging. And then the second half, it really feels like it goes off the rails. I would say, like, two. Right, right. Uh, yeah. Um, I'm gonna say... Uh, let's see. Yeah, as an adaptation, definitely very strong. Uh, four, four and a half rings. Uh, it, it's not like, it doesn't have to be like one-to-one. It's just like capturing, all those like running and fighting sequences just like get that sort of rush of excitement that I get when I like play a classic Sonic game. It's very fun. Uh, very aesthetically pleasing. Uh, let's see, as a film itself, or I guess as two OVAs bundled into one, I guess I would give it an overall rating of, like, honestly, I think a bit higher. I I, I think I'm averaging out to, like, four-ish. I, it's very, the writing gets weird and sometimes makes, like, weird decisions. Like, I think the script can be very incomprehensible at times, but, like, I'm willing to overlook it just because, like, it it's just a vehicle to this for, like, the cool stuff. Uh, and the fun stuff. Uh, so yeah, I'm, I'm giving it 4 out of 5. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, uh, any closing thoughts? Give Knuckles his hat. Yeah. Give also, bring back the Chow Garden. Yes. Yes. I mean, we need the Chow Garden back. It. The, the, listen, I could get Balan Wonderworld and, like, raise some Tims with that, and that's not going to do it for anybody. That's not going to make anyone happy. Yeah. Uh. What, what questions did we get? Oh, yeah. Let me pop open... The Discord and the Twitter. So, uh, let's see. Open up, uh, let me cut this out as I look these things up. Uh, so, uh, we got, I think, f yeah, four questions f on Twitter. Uh, our first question. Uh, friend of the show, question asker of many shows, uh, host of Stranger's Fiction, Jasmine Marsh asks, What would your version of suffix suffixes 
for your version of Evil Robot Mario and... Oh, oh, suffixes for your version of Evil Robot Mario and different transformation caps for Sonic B. So, like, if... If, like, there was an Evil Robot Mario, what, like, things would you, like, attach on? Because, like, this guy isn't just Metal Sonic. He's Hyper Metal Sonic. And, mm-hmm. and like, if Sonic had, like, fun transformation caps, like in Mario 64, what would you want? I, I feel like the obvious one for Mario is, you know, you go with Super. Yeah. Super so- Metal Mario. Uh-huh. Um... Transformation. So, like, the whole thing with transformation caps in Super Mario 64 is that they don't fundamentally change what Mario is. They just give him different physical properties. Mm-hmm. Or let him fly. I guess that's not really a physical property as such. I feel like... Hmm. One of them should just let Sonic swim. It's It's been, what, 30 years? Yeah. Give the boy some lessons. Hmm. Uh. It can just it can just be like a life jacket, but he wears it on his head. <laughs> yeah. Uh. I'm thinking like uh. Something that like gives. Oh, what if he like got abilities from like other playable Sonic characters? Like he could get like the sort of hover that Tails has, or the gliding and digging that Knuckles has. Uh, I mean, Knuckles has a hat, so that it would be Knuckles' hat if he got that. Uh, so, yeah, yeah. Uh, and maybe like, oh, I'm just, uh, yeah. Uh, so, uh, small funny hedgehog a cab at revenge hog asks. Would Sonic Boom have been better if Knuckles had the hat he wears here? I, I mean, it, it it's just going to improve anything. It's it's the perfect hat. I don't know that it would suit that Knuckles though. You know what? Yeah, that's fair. I feel like it, this is this is a hat for a mature, intelligent echidna. Sure, sure. Uh, you know, except for the bit where he beats up his friend because he's mad. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I would say. Yeah. Um. That being said, it would be really funny if uh, Knuckles wore, like, a cowboy hat. It doesn't have to be the cool hat, just a cowboy hat. Uh, let's see. Uh, Derry slash Why New Shadow Lord's Castle Sound Like That at City City Dreamer uh, asks, Do you think Knuckles secretly collects hat? I... Hmm. Well, he is a treasure they never hunter. Establish, yeah, they never establish what treasures he hunts. He's definitely hunting for different hats. He's got he's got a whole TF2 collection right there. Uh, he's got the hats stacked on top of each other. He's got a fun little propeller cap. He's got uh the he's got a Ushanka uh. He really wants the unusual chef's hat. I think that's really going to bring it all together mm-hmm. for him. Yeah. Uh, Bookcase Queen at Bookcase Queen ninety six asks, "What would you do if you met your own doppelganger in real life?" Uh, well, you know. Uh, yeah. 
if there's one of my doppelgangers, then we can probably find more of them. Mm-hmm. And eventually, we can probably get enough people to, like, form a voting block or some or, like, a vanguard party. Yeah, that would be cool. Uh, yeah. Uh, that's it for Discord questions, so let's read off, uh, mailbag questions. Let me real quick check from, uh, oh, right. I got quite a, um, we got quite a few from, like, uh, Dark Wizard James Mason and Kitty Cat Herder and Space Robot. Uh, so let me figure out where it is. And let's just sort of pick and choose. Um, let's see. Uh, oh. Uh, let me... Question for the Sonic OVA. What if Metal Sonic was nice? That's from Being the Dynamite Barrier Trio. Uh, I think it would be nice. Um, there... I think I am thinking of actually a bit in the IDW Sonic comics where, like, after, like, the first year arc ends and, like, they're transitioning into the next arc, like, Sonic's, like, trying to get Metal Sonic to be nice because, like, he thinks he's nice. He should be nice. Yeah? Yeah. Um, let's see. Uh... There's, like, a bit where Dark Wizard James Mason points out that Robotnik's first name is Ovi and close to OVA. And then Hornmeister just sort of parodies that question with, uh, what, his name is close to Ovi and that's close to Ovi position. Uh. Don't like that. Yeah. Um, hmm. You, you know, this is another fun Sonic fact. Uh, in... Early on in the UK comics, they, like, try to change Robotnik's design from, like, what they had come up with to something more like the Adventures of Sonic the Hedgehog design. And they decide to, like, do a weird Doctor Who-style regeneration where he just turns into a big egg and hatches out of it. They, the UK comics really leaned into the egg theming for him in that. Uh, PD, uh, she, her, her, asks, when assessing a Sonki, what's your rubric? What makes a good hog? He's gotta be a little, he's gotta be a funny little guy, and he's gotta be kinda cocky, but still a good friend in the end. Yeah. I think he can be, like, rude, but... He's got to have a heart. It's... You got to have a heart. Um... Let's see... Uh... Drishura asks... What outfit of yours would your doppelganger force an elderly person to wear? I don't want an elderly person wearing my clothes. Those are mine. (laughs) Hmm... I, I I guess if my doppelganger were doing it, it'd probably be like the cool dragon shirt. Oh fuck yeah! I got I got this like dragon button down with like uh, it's like orange and black and white. Mm-hmm. Fucking rules. <laughs> That's dope as fuck. Um, hmm. Uh I'm gonna admit something about my wardrobe. 
a significant amount of my shirts are from GDQ events. Or, like, I got them off the Yeti online during GDQ's things. And I think of the selection, I'd probably go with, uh, hmm. I'd probably go with, like, the one I don't have anymore because it wore down, but if I still had it, the Rockhawk t-shirt. Uh, so, uh, hmm. Uh, let's see. Oh, uh, Kitty Cat Herder also has, like, a backup ma has a question. Uh, if you have an uncommon alternative outfit for Sonic the Hedgehog, what sort of clothes slash fashion would it be? Um, hmm. I... I want him to... Oh. Oh, I know. I want him to... I want him to wear a checkered hat and shoes. Uh, Sonic, Sonic the, the Hedgehog. Sonic the Hedgehog listens to Ska. He should wear the the appropriate outfit. Uh, let's. See. You got any? I don't think I can beat Ska. Mm hmm. I feel I feel like that's the one. All right. Uh. Let's see. And our last question for tonight. Darkblade, they them, asks, Why does Sonic stick around when so many other cool video game mascots of the time did not? Because he made more money? Yeah, literally speaking, he made more money. Um, Also, listen, I don't want to be rude, but like, as much as a lot of Sonic content has ended up dated, and he kind of has to be consistently updated every few years to stay more or less in line with the current sensibilities of what's cool. Mm -hmm. Like, he's still managed to be cool at certain points. Right. Whereas, like, you look at Bubsy, you look at Gex, you look at fucking Awesome Possum. Mm-hmm. No, they were never anything. Yeah. Um, I, that, here is another Sonic thing I am remembering right now. Uh, Mark Cerny worked on Sonic the Hedgehog 2, and he would later go on to do stuff like Spyro, Crash, Ratchet and Clank, Jack and Daxter, and of course, who could forget, Knack. So I think he just has the mascot gene. Uh, let's see. Also, I do think just like a lot of mascot games that didn't stand the test of time, just weren't very good. Like, say what you will about Sonic after, but Sonic at least has good games in general. Uh, mm -hmm. So, yeah, uh, that wraps it up for tonight. Uh, Alright. Uh, what do you want to do next time? That is a good question. Um, man, what other video game movies are there? I, I feel like we could do a Pokemon one, but there's too many of them, and I don't want to. Um, I don't feel like tackling Mortal Kombat yet. 
Although... I'm... Every car. Every car in Chicago is driving by my house. Um, although... I still haven't gotten around to seeing Street Fighter, and I do want to see that. Oh, fuck point. yeah. I've never seen it either. I need to do that. Let's do it. Fuck yeah. Hell yeah. Fuck yeah. Let's, uh, yeah, Street Fighter. Uh, go home and be a family man. Uh, uh, let's see. Uh, let's do some plugs. I'm Dan. You can find me at a lot of places, and you can find all those places at linktr dot ee slash big underscore challenges from there you can find my twitter at bigger challenge you can find my other podcasts which include pot of greed a Yu-Gi-Oh podcast we are recording an episode tomorrow uh that'll probably be going up the same week you you hear this uh where uh we talk about some gx episodes with uh friend of the show uh at poster extraordinaire co-writer of heartspell janos kapuvari uh you can listen to uh the sonic shuffle a random and holistic sonic lore podcast that i do with uh my friends devin and morg uh you can if you want it if you want to hear about sonic you can listen to that you can also listen to the uh, episode we have on the Sonic OVA, uh, which highlight of which was trying to make sense of uh, this Robotnik's plan to melt the ice caps. Uh, you can listen to uh, Stranger's Fiction, an actual play podcast focused on one-shots. Uh, for June, we did a special... Uh, Pride-themed episode where uh, we played the uh, in-development uh, superhero game Exceptionals and had to uh, stop an art exhibition from an LGBT art exhibition from being uh, heisted or, I guess, defaced uh, by a Chud supervillain. Uh, and last but not least, you can visit at Xbox underscore holiday, where Usher celebrates holidays with Xbox. Happy Pride Month, Xbox. Uh, you can find me on Tumblr and Twitter at Max Knightley. That's M-A-X-K-N-I-G-H-T-L-E-Y. Uh, I'm on another podcast, Eidolon Playtest. That is an actual play podcast drawing a lot of inspiration from JoJo's Bizarre Adventure and Persona. Uh, it's a real blast. People have been enjoying Season 2 a whole lot, so loved if you took a chance to check that out. And I also put out a tabletop RPG under the label Blackberry and Holly that's called Our Stormy Present, and that draws a lot from uh, JRPGs of the sort that I grew up with. We are actually working on our next project, uh, and I'm also working on a side thing uh, much smaller in scale than that, so hopefully I should have news about that on uh, the Blackberry and Holly Twitter. Cool. Uh, and I forgot to mention this last episode, but we are part of N Noise Space. Uh, Noise Space is a uh, 
is a uh, Canada-based uh, podcast network. Well, the guy who runs it is uh, Canadian. Uh, there are lots of different shows, all very good. Uh, like a bunch of the podcasts I mentioned are part of the network. You can listen to Kamurocho Radio, which is about Yakuza. You can listen to Nana Roy's Nightmare and Era, which is about creepypasta. You can listen to Kyle XY, question mark. Uh, I have been getting into Kyle XY, and it's so fucking good. <laughs> yeah, it's... That boy is simply so remarkable. <laughs> he's a he's just a very remarkable boy. Uh, you can listen to... Uh, let's see. Uh, County Girls Make Do, which is about the OC. And, of course, Henry Kissinger is Pokemon Going to Die. A uh, leftist politics podcast for the terminally online. Uh, and you can visit it all at noisepace.xyz. It's Z because, as we mentioned before, Matt, who runs this, is Canadian. As always, listeners, this ain't no game. Goodbye. Goodbye.